In our breakout and best-selling book, Looking for Angels, A Guide to Understanding and Connecting with Angels, Dr. Scott Guerin and I share how you can communicate with angels, understand signs from the universe and these celestial beings, feel at peace knowing you are always connected to source, and much more. Get your copy today at lookingforangelsbook.com, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or your local bookstore. And now you can even get the audio version narrated by me and Scott through Amazon, Audible, and iTunes. Hi, all. Nicole here. This podcast is intended to inspire you on your personal spiritual journey to inner peace. I am not a psychologist or a medical doctor and do not offer any professional health or medical advice. This applies to the podcast guests and or co-hosts. If you are suffering from a psychological or medical condition, please seek help from a qualified health professional. You are listening to A Psychic Story, a podcast that shares behind-the-scenes insights of people who lead supernatural lives among the ordinary. And I'm your host, Nicole Bigley. Join me every Wednesday as I dispel the myths behind magic and lore. Welcome to A Psychic Story. Mysticism everyone. Welcome to another episode of A Psychic Story. On this episode, I have Dr. Maria Rothenberger. She is a fertility therapist, coach, and spirit baby communicator with a nerdy science side and a hippie spiritual vibe. Love that. So welcome to the show, Maria. Hey, thanks, Nicole. So good to be here. Yeah. So let's see. We were just talking right before we hit record that there's a lot of hats you wear. Yeah. And we are for primarily going to talk about spirit baby communication. But before we get into that, please share your story with the listeners on how you got started on this journey and where you are today. Well, I, I started with the whole fertility focus in psychotherapy. So way back in like fifth grade, I knew I was going to be a psychotherapist. And so I started to you know, focus on that. And then I had my own fertility journey and wound up adopting our two little guys. But somewhere in there, I started working with some folks on fertility stuff after my whole fertility journey had been resolved and and um, we adopted. I was working with somebody who w- was just do- doing grief counseling. She had lost her twins in utero. And I started doing traditional psychotherapy with her, but then her babies showed up in my awareness. And being a very clinical, like sciencey person, I thought I must be delusional. (laughs) I need to go see somebody myself. I had no idea what was going on, but I carried on with the session just as 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 well as I could. All the time, her babies are chattering in my space uh, and telling me, you have to tell her, you have to tell her. And I'm like, "Uh, no, this isn't real. This isn't real. (laughs) How how is it showing up to you? Just uh, sorry, I wanted to hear that a little bit. So I'm clairvoyant. So I see, I see them. And um, in that instance, there was a, not a hearing. It was more like they were, it was like claircognizance, like they were giving me information. So 
but I could see them. I, I could still, if I tap into them, can see them. So they always pop into my left side, always. Souls always pop into my left side. And so they were right here, boom, 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 in my space, giving me information, telling me I had to tell her. And I'm like, oh, hell no. <laughs> I must be going crazy. So I've just finished the session as usual and then went on my merry way, but they followed me. Um, they, they were in my car. They were messing with my, um, radio. I was listening to a podcast actually, and it kept flipping from podcast to podcast and it landed on a podcast where the host said, you need to get over yourself. And so I bust out laughing <laughs> in my car. <laughs> Is this real? This can't be real. But I felt them. I knew I could feel them. And I went home and I didn't see that person for another couple of weeks. And that entire two weeks, they just followed me around. We're here. We're here. I'm telling you, we're here. They were moving things in my house. They were making it very well known that they were indeed there. So that was about eight years ago. And I sat on that information for eight years. I researched, I talked to, actually, interestingly, the podcast that they landed on where the host said, you need to get over yourself. I actually called into her show <laughs> because oh my she's goodness. a psychic medium. And I said, what is going on here? Is this even real? And so she started to explain to me how this is possible because I... I should tell you, I'm not someone who grew up knowing that I could talk to the other side, communicate to the other side. I didn't see things. I didn't hear things. I didn't know things. I was always a highly sensitive individual, but I never experienced any of this psychic phenomenon when I was little or anything. So I was flabbergasted and I asked her what could possibly be going on. She said, well, I was giving her a little of my history. When I started healing from the fertility journey, which is quite traumatic, I began a meditation practice. And she said that was likely the start of my connection to the other side. But also there may be some connection genetically in my family. And so my parents are divorced, but I asked them each individually about this. And they both said, oh, yeah, that's that's a thing. And our family I was like, wait, oh, what? Oh, wow. <laughs> like, why hasn't anybody ever said anything about this? And so that helped me continue to, A, not diagnose myself as delusional, and B, research, get more information, get some training, and see really where this was going to go. So I went to some training, and in that training with Lisa Williams, actually, I met somebody who is a psychic medium professionally. And he says, your grandmother's here. She's telling you that you're going to do this work. And I bust out laughing again. There's no way that I'm going to do this work. I'm a psychotherapist. My colleagues would like <laughs> kick me out. There's no way that this could happen. And then <laughs> I was working, not working. It wasn't a job. I was talking with somebody about uh, their own experience with spirit babies and how they were able to communicate with their babies before they were born. I picked up the book, Spirit Babies, uh, by Walter McKitchen. And I, I, after reading that and talking to somebody about this, I realized, oh my God, this could be really healing for people. And isn't that my job anyway? Yeah. So I began to contemplate, maybe this is something I need to move into and look into. And then 
the COVID thing happened and all kinds of change happened on my end. That was one of them. I decided to quote, come out as a spirit baby medium in July of 2020. And I haven't looked back. It's been crazy and amazing and wonderful. And I can't legally say it's healing, (laughs) which Mm -hmm. is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. But damn, if it's not. It really is so helpful. Yeah, for I know people. all those legal requirements on us. Yes. Yeah, and congratulations for coming out of the psychic closet and yes. <laughs> being brave to step forward, especially given your background. You know, for doctors and the scientific community, it can be so challenging in a lot of ways because that logical side of us like kicks in, right? That's exactly right. That's exactly right, and it still does, frankly. Mm-hmm. It's really mm-hmm. why, but it's now more discerning than. Poo pooing, I suppose. Right. Or or right. self diagnosing. <laughs> right. So yeah. Thanks. I'm happy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, so you said that they communicate with you like in a lot of different ways, but they primarily jump in on your left side and then they were like, how is that now? Has it grown, either gotten stronger or are there other different ways that they get your attention? Like walk us through the process, especially if somebody wants to come to you, right? Like how do you channel babies (laughs) and then share that information with them? Well, it used to be that because I was not trained or anything about, I have no, I had no idea what was going on. They would just, I mean, souls would just pop in whenever, whenever they wanted to. And they, you know, chatted up with me. Uh, now I have learned to like, say I'm closed for the day. <laughs> I'm like, uh-huh, mm-hmm. I'm not working anymore. I have really clear boundaries around that now. And, and my soul is not sucked dry. Uh, it used to be that I was exhausted all the time and I didn't know why. And it's because I, they were just coming in, coming in, coming in. So now I would learn to close, you know, shops closed. That's my phrase. Shops closed, guys. You need to go see somebody else lovingly. Um, or, <laughs> mm-hmm. or come back another time. So now they still do come in my left side. That's how I know that they're all souls come in from my left side. Um, angels and guides, they come from the, from the front of me, but other souls come to my left. So they still come in. Now, this is really hard. Actually, when I was doing some training for spirit baby stuff, my mentor said, you need to really pay attention to your body. You're very clear, clairsentient. And I said, I, that's terrifying to me because when you go through a trauma, like fertility issues, you're so focused on the minutia of your body and its workings to go back to that was absolutely terrifying to me, but I did. So I leaned into that and now they, they communicate through physical sensation a lot. So I will feel, for example, I uh, met with somebody who lost their baby in utero and I felt in my heart space that there was a medical issue with the heart. There was something like a twist or a turn, something was turned around incorrectly and I could feel it in my body. Um, and so when I, when I told them about that, they said, Oh my God. Yes. That's, 
That's correct. But so those are the kinds of things that I'll feel. I'll feel something in my um, brain if there's a brain issue or a different body part if there's a body issue. I will feel a sensation on my body if that's how the baby is communicating with their parent. Uh, and I'll tell the parent that that's what I'm feeling. And they'll be like, oh my gosh, I remember that's that was them. Yes, that's them. So they communicate a lot with my body now. Um, but I still do see uh, very clear images of babies. I can tell parents what they look like, how they're presenting. I've received <laughs> pictures of babies who have then come, you know, to to the earth side. And I'm like, oh my God, that's, <laughs> that's who I saw. That's totally who I mm. saw in my mind's eye. It's mind blowing. And some occasionally they'll look different, like they they had like thicker hair or their eye shape was a little bit different. But um, for the most part, they look very similar to how I see them. Of course, they can present otherwise too. So I've seen um, communicated with spirit babies who present to me as they were in a past life. So I once met a marine, a man, um, but he was wanting to come through. Uh, into this family as a, you know, obviously a baby, but he was presenting as a grown man, a Marine. Um, and so occasionally they'll present that way as well. Yeah. Whatever they feel comfortable with or also how they're showing up, right. For, for both you and then for their loved one who is, I guess, going to be receiving this, this life. Exactly. Force, right. What are some of your, the stories that you can or would like to share about, you know, because I I'm naturally led to the question, like, why does this happen? And I believe that it would be different for each person, depending, and each soul, right? But what are some stories that you can share or that you would like to? There are so many stories, such good ones. Um, the one that's coming to mind right now is a woman that I saw a few times for Spirit Baby work. She did not come to Spirit Baby work. She was open, but she was not, you know, bought in, which I love. <laughs> one of the things that I ask mm -hmm. folks to do is really don't pick up everything I'm putting down. You, you must be discerning. Please come as a healthy skeptic, which is open, but not you know, buying everything and not completely like closed, prove this to me. So she came with that energy. She was like, she was referred by somebody else and she had already had a baby, uh, but she was trying for a second and didn't know what, what was wrong. And what was interesting with her, and I think she really needed it is, and this happens sometimes too, that her best friend had passed away years prior. Her best friend showed up. And when I do spirit baby work, I ask that only souls show up who are tied to the spirit baby in some way so that I don't have an entourage, like 50,000 people showing up to communicate with this person. If they are tied to the spirit baby, then I ask them to, you know, I invite them in. So this person, her best friend showed up and that is really what helped this person not believe, but feel that this was the right thing for her to be doing in that mm -hmm. moment. Mm -hmm. So her spirit baby came in and, you know, we talked with him. We talked with her best friend. She provided evidence that she is indeed physically or in her physical space. <laughs> she's visiting her. She's hanging out with her. She's seeing what's happening. And that's what helped her feel comfortable with the spirit baby process. So we did a series of sessions 
actually. Um, and she created some healing for herself. And this is what I like to say, right? Like, it's not like I am being the healer. It's, it's the person becoming aware and open to the realm of possibility. Uh, it's just me literally communicating, being the medium on behalf of this baby and the person receiving it. Well, babies generally are communicating with their parents all the time. They will never stop trying. Unless they're a soul who's like, eh, I don't need that. I don't need them to know that I'm here. I'm, I'm here anyway. You know, it depends on the personality of the soul. But for in her case, the baby was present all the time. Her best friend was present all the time trying to communicate with her. And then she opened up to these things that were coming that were actually pieces of communication. So she began communicating herself over a series of few sessions. Uh, she did a final visit to, gosh, What's that vortexy place in Arizona? Hello, I just lost it. Sedona. Sedona. Yes, mm -hmm. Sedona. She went to Sedona and met with somebody else who um, talked to that spirit baby. Uh, the spirit baby had some unfinished work that he needed to convey to her. He did that. And a few, like maybe two months later, she conceived and that baby is now here, born. Um, and it's just... That's a sort of long-winded story, but other other folks are like, quick. I, sometimes I'll see a, a person and I'll be like, oh man, are you pregnant right now? And they'll be like, I don't think mm -hmm. so. But then like their mm -hmm. next cycle, they're pregnant. Because it's attached, right? Energetically. Yes. Is that what yes. you're sensing? Like another soul or another spirit around? That's yeah. a good question. I think what I sense is a physical sensation of pregnancy but mm -hmm. also I can feel in the, in one's energy system. And we talk about this and I do a, um, spirit baby foundations training where I teach people how to do this themselves. That's one of my goals too. I feel like we're all capable of communicating this way. We're just right. educated I out totally of it. Agree. I ask people to pay attention to these psychic tools, right? But for, for me and everybody's like sort of in my experience, everybody's, uh, you know, strength, their psychic strength is different. For me, it's visual. It's very visual. I can see a soul in a person's energy space. Um, we'll do the, one of the training tools. That's what I was going to talk about is a manifesting tool where you, where you feel the, the presence of this baby wherever feels correct to you. For me, it's always on my left. You can feel the energetic space. It's more spongy. It changes texture in a way. Um, so there's like some feeling there, clairsentience there too. And so we move that into the energetic space. I can feel that in somebody's energetic space. So, and then I can see, it's like colors. I can see color changes. I can see the actual soul as well, if they want to present that way. Most of the time, babies will show as an actual being. My symbols for different things, um, including folks who are, are souls who have tried to come through before, those are, they present as balls of light. Um, if they want to come through again, they are balls of light, but they have a, a baby inside. So everybody has their own symbology too. Uh, and that's how I'm able to communicate that to the, to the intended parent. So, right. There are, gosh, there are hundreds of stories. Um, I'm trying to think of more off the top of my head, but. Oh, that's okay. No, I was just curious because again, um, you know, the few times where I've 
sensed either souls or spirits attached that want to come through or people that have come to me and said, okay, well, why does this happen? There, again, the answer can be different, right? One time I received the message that it was just, they decided like they wanted to kind of dip their toe in a pool. <laughs> they oh, wanted to, and then they, they yeah. got onto earth and then they're like, yep, not for me right now. I'm, I'm leaving, but I'm going to come back. And they came back <gasps> very quickly. Right. Yes. So, um, and then others, it was just like, it was more of a lesson, not I hate using the word lesson, but like it was an experience for that particular soul and less of a quote unquote lesson for their mother and their father. And it was more for them. And then in some cases it is for the mother or the father and the parent. And then they've yes. contracted or they've agreed to have that experience together. So that's kind of where I was going for it. So I was just trying to understand because I'm assuming that. Yes. Oh, you're talking about loss. Right. Yeah. Why yeah. are they having, why are they having this, this loss of experience, um, uh, you know, with, with all of this, right? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Now I got what you're saying. So yeah, I'll tell you the first, that first experience that I had ever that I talked about before, the babies told me that it was for the one sibling. The one sibling had to ascend. Now keep in mind, I did not know what the heck I was doing. I really did not know anything about any <laughs> mm -hmm. of this. All I could do was receive this raw information and try to process it. So the babies told me that uh, they were both boys and the one had to ascend and the other was there in support of him. Um, he was, they, they were like twin energies. Literally they were twins, but they, they belong together. It's hard to, I don't know. Words are so limiting. <laughs> they were kind of they were kind of like soulmates, I guess. They were right? kind of like, like soulmates, mm -hmm. yes. But mm -hmm. the one was intending to come through again. He wanted to mm. actually come Earthside, but uh, that had to happen for the benefit of the other of the one soul. Um, others, yes, you're right. There are there's a contract where all parties, um, the parents, the child, have all agreed that they will do this in order to. Um, move, you know, elevate their, their spirit or their soul in some way. And lesson, lesson is a strange word. Um, I feel like there's more like soul movement. It's like an ascension process or like a growth, but sometimes people mm -hmm. don't learn. <laughs> they don't learn what they need to learn or they don't need, they don't grow in the way that they need to grow. And so sometimes this, um, you know, things like this, not necessarily repeated loss, but other, ways to learn this or to grow the soul happens. But yeah, loss, there are myriad of ways that um, that people need to grow or can grow. And this is one of them. And unfortunately, it's unfortunate and yet fortunate. <laughs> Do you know? Right. It's like we want yeah. to grow. Yeah. It's painful. It is painful and change can be painful. Loss can be painful, but then also there's such a beauty, I feel like, in understanding and knowing oh that the energy is there and that it's just transforming in a different way and that we still have connections to our loved ones or to these souls and to these energies. And also, which is also difficult to understand, but that right now when we're experiencing the present, yes, we're here, we're kind of, we feel stuck, but in reality, we're in the future, we're in the past, we're experiencing it all simultaneously. So it's to me, it's comforting knowing that yes. you aren't necessarily just experiencing this in the present, that there's a there's a path forward and a healing, just I don't know if I'm making sense, but like that time's not linear, that there's that you're able to connect with that spirit and that soul in a different, meaningful way on another timeline. It makes perfect sense to me. Absolutely. <laughs> and that's what I talk about with um 
with folks who are trying to conceive and having a hard time, because um, I was there, obviously, when you feel into that your baby's already, that you're already a parent, it becomes a little bit, it's comforting. It's a, it becomes a little bit easier. It can be triggering too, because um, folks can be like, I don't want to hope and wish and then and then crash down. Mm-hmm. But actually, even from a psychotherapeutic standpoint, and a, and a physical standpoint, your body responds by engaging your parasympathetic nervous system. You actually become calmer and, and more capable, more resilient, more capable of handling disappointment. Uh, people say, I need to plan for the worst. And I'm like, no, <laughs> no, right. Pla- right. Plan for the neutral. Don't brace yourself for that. Uh, right. Yes. Mm-hmm. At least just be neutral. You know, if you're not going to be like, mm-hmm. okay, I, I had this already, just be neutral then live your life present. Be mindful of today and what, what you're experiencing today, but do not plan for the worst because that depletes your nervous system and just doesn't serve you or, or your baby. Cause your baby's trying to communicate with you. And when you are yeah. up here all the time, right. you're not receiving beautiful, mm-hmm. loving information. So, so you're yeah. able to communicate with babies, spirit babies when they're on the other side, but then also when they're here. How are ways, and we talked a little bit about this in the beginning, but can you share how, if someone is interested in communicating with their own baby, whether it's trying to come through and be born, or if the baby's already here and living on earth, what are some ways that they can kind of communicate and tap in? Well, the first thing that I recommend for anybody, whether they're trying to communicate or not, is is to start meditating um, because that quiets the mind as much as possible, or it at least gives permission for thoughts to just flow in and out. Then if you, if you want to really dive deep, you can go into my Spirit Baby Foundations training and learn some real tools for that. But if you're just starting out, definitely give, give yourself the gift of quiet contemplation. Um, 10 minutes a day, even, or you start with one minute, because those are the moments that babies really can reach into your energetic space and communicate directly with you when you are not, not voraciously looking for information. You're just still, you're just still. So there's no desperation. You're quieting that desperation. You're quieting the <gasps> anticipation. You're, you're truly just settled and being in a moment. Babies come in in various ways. So I ask folks to pay attention to one sense at a time. So see what comes to your mind's eye. Do that for a week. See what your body sensations are. Do that for a week. See if, if any sound, not from your ears, but in your, in your mind's ear, <laughs> come, come mm-hmm. to you during that quiet t- contemplation. Do that for a week. Or, um, we'll do just a quick test to see what your strongest sense is and you can start there. So um, I tend to be very visual. I like colors. I like art. I like these kinds of things. So I know that's my strength. So I start, I, I would start there. But yeah, if you intentionally do this and it's not going to be like, well, some folks are, it's immediate, but other folks, if you just have an opening and just allow things to come as they want to come, start writing them down. That's really important please start writing these things down because you'll begin seeing patterns over time. Give it a good 90 days before you make any conclusions. Start writing these things down. Dreams are also a beautiful place where babies come in to meet with their parents. Um, I actually 
think that it's astral travel, but I'll just call it dreams because that's how most people view it. Uh, but babies often visit folks in their in their dreams because their brainwave state is much slower and lower, and it's not so focused on here what's tangible. It's very easy for souls to come in. Ooh, I have a fun dream story that you just reminded me about. Oh, cool. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. I I just like, you're talking about dreams. I was like, have I ever communicated with a baby in a dream? And I, I mean, maybe I have, I don't know. But I remember when I was younger, my parents were trying to, you know, get pregnant and have, who is now my sister. And my dad had this really intense, vivid dream. And he dreamt that my mom, myself, and I were going around and we were looking at houses. And all the houses were different, right? But we got to this one house and this house is like this beautiful, big Victorian mansion. And I remember him waking up and just telling my mom about this. Now I was about seven years old at the time, eight years old. And uh, it, he was just like, it was just so interesting. And then this this wise old lady like opens the door and she takes us in and she's going on this tour and we're going, yep, yep, yep. I want this. I want this. Like this this house just had such great energy. And he even remembered like her wearing blue. I, I don't remember all the details. I'd have to ask him now. But anyway, we were talking with my grandmother and one of her friends who's like highly intuitive. And she's like, that is your daughter's soul. And she was showing you her soul and you and like the whole family and she was showing up. And as you were going through, like it was almost like an energetic exchange of introductions. And so it just resonated with me when I was a child. And I was like, that is so cool. And my dad was like, oh yeah, well, we're totally like, she can come in anytime. Yes. <laughs> and then oh, sure enough, like a few months later, you know, so yeah. So it was like one of those, you know, again, I think sometimes we we believe, like you said, the dream may stand out a little bit differently than a typical dream, right? Like in that instance, it was very vivid. It was very intense. It yes. felt different. Mm -hmm. Yes. And you make, you, you make two excellent points. One, yes, they're, they're quite vivid or, or, um, memorable in some way, like a year, two, three years later, you'll still remember the dream. B, it's really important to not uh, hold on to the idea that if a spirit baby shows up, that they're going to be an infant, that you're going to be cuddling them or cradling them. It's very well possible that that could be, but it is entirely possible that they'll show up like a spirit baby shows up for me sometimes as a grown adult. Feel into it and feel, and I, again, I encourage you to write things down because you'll be able to connect the dots later. I just received an email yesterday from somebody who had a spirit baby session with me. A few months later, she was pregnant. She just gave birth. And I was curious about the baby's personality. Is the baby's personality similar to what we talked about? And she says, well, he's so newborn that I don't know. But so far, these are the things that you said he would be drawn to or like, and, and he does. So pay attention to those qualities. So like, what does a Victorian house remind your dad of? What does the, the kindness or the compassion or the serenity of that soul remind you of in your earthside child? Is it the same? Does it resonate? Right. So it's, um, these are all just fun activities to do, mm -hmm. <laughs> but also mm -hmm. yeah. it's like a, it's like a, a, a drop in the bucket of, okay, I actually, I think I believe that this is accurate. This is real and true. Um, and other things are not, they're just superfluous information. But when you have enough in that bucket, like it took me eight years to finally be like, okay, I have enough in the bucket. <laughs> but you know, yeah, it's different. Right? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, 
dreams are really wonderful and please write them down. Yeah. Cause you don't, um, sometimes like I have a lot of people that'll say, well, I don't really remember my dreams. Well, even if you just remember how you feel or a small, small thing, and you just jot that down, then the next time you jot it down, it's not, it's like muscle memory, right? It's, it's, you start to condition yourself to then remember as you're waking up in those waking hours. That is exactly right. When you set that intention, I will remember my dreams every night. Again, that 90 day mark tends to be a sweet spot. I also encourage folks to use crystals. So, um, a, an amethyst and a clear quartz. Cause you're another, you're another crystal lover like me. (laughs) Yes, I am. A little bit of an addiction. A little bit. <laughs> right. So what types, so you were saying what types of crystals um, for you have you found help with people yes. either trying to remember their dreams or to channel and communicate? Um, I, I recommend- Which uh, ones? Amethyst to me is like the global, like mm-hmm. it does everything. It's just like the equivalent of lavender essential oil. It just does everything. Uh, but in order for t- for folks to have clarity in their dreams, I recommend a clear quartz. I recommend the clear quartz under the pillow and the amethyst uh, bedside, but experiment and see, see what, what works best for you. How light is also um, a good one for, for dream recall. Hmm. I'm not as familiar with halite. Yeah, it's a good one. I love. Okay, I love Great. crystals. I'll have, I'll have to check it out. <laughs> yeah, check it out. How did you? How did you get started in them? What What are your in crystal crystals? Stories? Oh goodness! So I just got certified as an advanced crystal practitioner. So I finally finally got that under my belt. But I think, how did it start? My sister actually. My sister is a rock hound. She loves going hunting <laughs> for rocks. And she's actually the very like sort of like sciencey one. She likes knowing where they came from. These are billions of years old. And oh my God, can you imagine? Blah, blah, blah. It's like, so she's really interested in that, the, the geology. And I'm interested in the metaphysical properties, right? So we kind of come together and have conversations around that a lot. So because she and I are so passionate about stones, <laughs> that really began my um, soiree into, or, you know, my curiosity around crystals and why, uh, why they work, I think is, again, here comes my science brain. She's very much the same way. I'm like, why, why do they work? I don't even know. So I began researching that. When I had the science under my belt, I was like, okay, this is something that I need to do. So I started, I actually just made a crystal elixir for one of my, uh, for two of my dogs. They have arthritis. Um, they're both seniors. And, you know, that's one of those things. I'm just going to experiment. I'm holding, you know, judgment. I'm going to be open, right? Um, I just wrote this in my crystal group. What's a crystal elixir? A crystal elixir is a, yeah. uh, I know. It's it a, sounds fancy. It does sound fancy. It's really not. It's just where you have um, distilled water or, or some kind of purified water that takes on the properties of the crystal, and then you administer oh, okay. that as a medicine. Um, okay. So I, I create it using an indirect method. So I put um, distilled water in a glass bowl and then put another smaller glass bowl inside, put the crystals inside the smaller one, and there are different preparations. But that's so the water mm-hmm. takes on the property of the crystal. This is shown in all kinds of research that I could nerd out with you on right now <laughs> that water takes on the properties of anything that's really, oh, that's close yeah. to it, right? Like words, mm-hmm. crystals, anything. 
Um, water is very, uh, it absorbs information. That's basically what yeah. it is. And it's using yeah. computers and yeah. I haven't gotten one of the these yet because they're really expensive or pricey, but they have these crystal bottles where in the center of your water bottle, there's actually yes. a crystal or you can put your crystals in them. And then that way the crystals yes. don't get like touched or ruined by the water. So that's that kind of cool. Yes. Um, and so what you're saying is, is if somebody has their own, they can kind of, or their own crystals, that is, they can just put them in a bowl. And I would probably recommend not getting them wet because some crystals break down with the water. That is correct. I learned that the hard way. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I know. Well, because when I used to um, always cleanse my crystals by just like putting them underwater a little bit and mm-hmm. somebody uh, like on a video on Instagram was like, that's a no-no. And so I think like for quartz, I'm fine with it, right? I don't leave yes. them submerged in the water. But right. yes, as, if they're not as hard, then you don't want to make sure, sh- you want to make sure that you're not like submerging them in water and le- leaving yes. them over a long period of time because they will break down. But that's really cool. I um, I did this experiment when I was younger, you know, about the the music and plants and everything and how that yes. grows, but also, and how they grow differently if it's classical music versus yes. rock and roll, whatever. And the same thing with water and the properties underneath um, they've done, and you probably know a lot more than this because you've done the research on it, but the experimentation of how how water holds and I don't want to say crystallizes, but the molecules themselves actually change in the vibra- vibration and the form. That's so cool. They do. Right, right. And and, and actually it is, um, the research is the they freeze the water and look at the crystals of the, mm-hmm. that are formed. Mm-hmm. And with things like classical music, um, they are very symmetrical and, you know, quote unquote, beautiful, although crystals to me are all beautiful. But other music like, you know, heavy metal or those kinds of things produce less symmetrical crystals. I happen to like hard rock and heavy metal, but <laughs> um, our bodies do change <laughs> because, right? So our bodies are made of mostly water. And so our bodies are then affected by these things. It's, I could nerd out forever, Nicole. Sorry, but <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I no, made this crystal I, elixir I love for it. my dogs and it really worked. I was shocked actually. It worked for my little one and not for my big dog. And I didn't, I didn't understand that. I just like let it be how it was. But then I realized I was accidentally dosing my smaller dog with a third more than I was supposed to. And so I started dosing my bigger dog a third more and it worked. Mm-hmm. I'm like, whoa. Oh, wow. <laughs> This is crazy. It's so. so it's so cool, and I and I find it amazing too that like for example, you were led for crystals, or you were drawn to them. And I do want to get into past lives here in a second because I know mm-hmm. you're also in past life regression. You do that, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is which is amazing. But like I firmly believe that we're drawn to things that not only work for us, but because we have had some tie to it, right? So for you, crystals and like your interest in them and also the experimentation that you were doing and then learnings along the way and then applying them to your to your dogs, to your furry friends um, yes. is just not just validating, but just also helping you through the learning process and re. actually it's not even learning. It's almost like reawakening. I find that what, what we're doing is we're unearthing our our wisdom, our inherent knowledge that we have (laughs) from other existences. That's a great Mm -hmm. word. So share about the past life regression therapy, how you got into that as well. Yeah. Well, speaking of past lives, I the reawakening, I love that word because I do feel like I've had past lives where I've been a healer. Um, And so, yeah, I feel like I it's already in me somewhere and the reawakening Mm -hmm. feels right. 
that feels completely correct. I feel like you also were tied to Atlantis somehow, but anyway. Oh, I wondered about that. I wondered about something that. for you to explore mm-hmm. in your own past life regression <laughs> at a future date. I've been drawn to that. I've um, recently, in in the last six months or so, been doing um, bits bits and pieces of research on Atlantis because I just feel a connection some way. So, thank you for the validation. Appreciate it. Sure. Past life regression actually came before any of this other stuff, before spirit baby stuff, before mm. crystals. Um, I was talking, oh gosh, no, what was I doing? Oh, I know. I was at the uh, Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. It's one of my favorite places. And there was a gentleman there by the name of Dr. Brian Weiss, um, who was doing a weekend seminar on past life regression. I knew nothing about it. I I thought it was, you know, quote unquote, woo woo or whatever. Um, but I was always, I'm always curious, right? Like, huh, what's this about? So I attended this, this uh, weekend seminar. And he talked about, so first of all, Dr. Brian Weiss is a, is a Harvard trained, Harvard and Columbia trained psychiatrist, right? And so he wrote this book called Many Lives, Many Masters, where he met with a patient who had been depressed for decades and nothing worked, no traditional psychotherapy, no medicine, nothing worked. And he decided to do some hypnosis on her. And what ended up happening is instead of traditional, like, uh, Freudian regression, uh, hypnosis where you go back to childhood. He, he asked her a very simple question. Take me back to the time when this pain first started. And she spontaneously went to a past life hundreds of years before that. So he was flummoxed. <laughs> like this, is this even mm-hmm. real? But again, like a good scientist, you remain open. You don't draw any conclusions or say somebody's crazy. You actually just gather the information. You get, you gather data. That's what he did. And she was able to talk about things that he was then later able to verify. But what really got him was one time she went into a life between lives and he started talk, she started talking about him. She started talking about speaking of take, coming full circle. She talked about him losing a baby. Um, and his baby had a heart condition and she was able to describe it. He said there is no, nowhere publicly that this information is. There's no way she could know this. Uh, and he said, I don't even have my diplomas on the wall. There's nowhere, people don't know where I went to school. They don't know anything. And so that's what really got him. And he started doing more and more of this research. It's been decades and decades now. I believe that was in the seventies. Uh, and so he started doing more research and more writings on this. And that's really what got me. I love the sciencey part of this, like the inquiry, the scientific mm-hmm. inquiry. And so when I was at that seminar, he was talking about various ways that past life memories come. And he talked about dreams, coming back to dreams now. And he said, the dreams are qualitatively different. They're really vivid. You can see details. You can probably remember them years later, just like spirit baby stuff. And I had a dream that I had written down um, many, many years uh, prior, I had the I had the dream, but I could still remember every detail. And so, in that seminar, he took the audience, the whole audience, into a past life regression, and I visited that life again. And what really got me—it's almost like it's bringing me to tears right now. What really got me in that past life experience was that it helped me resolve my fertility issues in my present life. 
it helped me have an understanding of why and what was going on that these fertility issues happened. And that's the point of past life regression therapy is to heal a present life issue. It's not really, I mean, you can do past life regression for fun, but the therapy Mm -hmm. piece is to address something that's happening in your present life because that's really the point, right? So I did, of course, with my scientific mind at the time, and it's still, I still have that. um, I did some research and he said, the the beautiful thing now is that you don't have to go to a library through thousands and thousands of volumes of information in order to verify anything. You just go to Dr. Google and look it up, right? So uh, in this past life, I was somebody who would have been well-known and I didn't, but, but not well-known like Cleopatra, like not that. Um, <laughs> like everyone thinks that they're Cleopatra. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But she was known and I, so I just, did some research and I found this person and I went, Oh crap. <laughs> She's real. <laughs> but is this still, I wasn't totally convinced. Well, I kept digging and digging and then an image popped up. So in this past life regression, or excuse me, in this dream, I was on top of a building. It was like a medieval building. It looked like a castle, but not quite. There was one tier of like a, of a, like a column made of brick in this building. And it had a particular, I don't know, even know what you call them on the top, like a trim on the top of this column of brick. I was there on top of it and I could see the building from in my dream. Well, that's the image that popped up in this Google search. I about fell out of my chair. <laughs> wow. I'm like, you've got to be freaking kidding me. Oh my God. And I learned more and more about this woman's life and mm-hmm. everything in my dream made sense. I didn't understand why some of these things happened, but when I dug into this woman's history, it then made sense. So that began my, my uh, interest in past life regression, past life regression therapy specifically, but even for folks who are curious, you know, where have I lived before? What, what have I done before? What's my karma? People ask about a lot, but infertility work, mm-hmm. people want to know, is there a block? Is there something that I need to mm-hmm. attend to here in a past life? Because I've done everything in this present life. People release all kinds of blocks. Uh, past life regression therapy can be quite emotive. It can be very deep. Lots of people just cry and cry and cry during a past life regression, um, you can move mountains when you're in that state or it feels like it. Um, and usually there is an almost immediate healing that takes place when there's an energetic change. Uh, when there's a change in your, in your auric field, the, the physical takes a while to catch up, but it does. It eventually does. Mm Mm-hmm. And what I love about past life regression therapy, now granted, I have not been through it or since um, when I was a teenager. I actually, I've, I've told this story before about my sister and I would read to each other because this was before you were able to like, there weren't a lot of like audio <laughs> exercises yes. or free things on online where you could do it on your own or even therapists that would do mm-hmm. it. So anyway, we would read to each other and kind of put us into this deep state of regression. But what I love about the whole practice of it 
is most people, which is totally fine if this is the only thing that you believe in it, but most people feel that it's like a therapy for you healing in the here and now because mm-hmm. you're understanding and making the connection to the past. However, you have the ability to heal your past and your future. You because, do. Again, you are still having that experience. So what a wonderful gift and empowerment and knowing that you can even just kind of catapult that healing and your process on all timelines. <laughs> yes. Yes, you can. And so so you and I are like, we're bought into that. We know, we know. But folks sometimes are like, am I making this up? Is this even mm-hmm. real? Mm-hmm. And that's the point though, too. I like to say, does it even matter? Does it matter to you? Um, because what you're trying to address is a present moment or a present day struggle. So right. I personally believe it's absolutely accurate and real, but you don't have to, to go do past mm-hmm. life regression therapy, especially yeah. if nothing else has worked. Try it. Give it a shot. And it could also be your consciousness. I mean, again, not a doctor. I don't have the credentials on this. However, you know, even if it's your subconscious and you creatively trying to work through situations emotionally or mentally or even physically, then you're still working through that. And it can be a placebo effect that works, right? So like you said, uh, whatever the method is. You know, there's a lot about the placebo because it's the power of your mind. It is the intention. All of it's connected energetically. So once you're able to whatever tool or resource that helps you unlock it, then that again is just such a powerful, powerful method, right? We are so on the same page. Yes. (laughs) You don't have to have the credentials to know what you're talking about. Right. Yeah. Well, I do also have to say that with legally disclaimer, you know, all that kind of good stuff. I'm not a doctor, but yeah, I do play one on a podcast or on TV or whatever. No, I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) I did want to read this because I, I, you wrote this down into me. It's just a very powerful thing. So I'm going to, I'm going to read to the listeners what you wrote. You said, I firmly believe that what I can do, anybody can do. We are just educated out of our intuition. In fact, when I do a session, I often say my job is to work myself out of a job. It's probably my therapy background, but I like to empower people to connect with spirit babies on their own and do not do not have to rely on a medium. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Well, thank you for that because, yeah, all of it. <laughs> I just wanted to share that because it's important. I want people to hear it. And then also, uh, you know, we one of the other questions I was asking was, you know, what are the most common myths or misconceptions about the spiritual or supernatural that you would want to clarify? And you said, probably related to the above, which is what I just read. I don't believe I have a gift. Rather, I feel I became awakened to a skill that I already had and that I and anybody can hone and set can hone said skill. Like I can plunk out a few tunes on the piano and I can practice really hard, but I won't likely be Bach. Ha. Huh. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. And that's just something I, I really feel like I just wanted to reshare that for everyone listening because it is just something to keep in mind, right? We sometimes we call them gifts, so sometimes we call them abilities, but it goes back to what we've been saying this whole time is if you're like, well, I don't have that, you absolutely do. You can tap into it. In some cases, we may just be trying too hard or there may be a little bit of doubt in us, which is just that doubt is, is, an, is a vibration and a frequency that is stopping us from being able to connect to that Mm -hmm. source, connect to that divine. And so I just wanted to say thank you for sharing your story. 
sharing how you've progressed over your journey in the spiritual from the past life regression to your own uh, pain, which allowed you to heal and become this communicator with energies and souls on the other side, and then sharing what that looked like to then teach others to tap into it on their own. So I just wanted to say thanks. I think that's a beautiful, whether you call it a gift or not, gift. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Thanks, Nicole. I appreciate it. What else would you like to share with the listeners that we didn't have a chance to get to? Oh, gosh. I think that I would want to send folks um, some awareness around self-compassion. Be kind to yourself. Please love yourself because it starts with each one of us. I think that um, there's there's so much in the world right now around judgment and just a lot of judgment. <laughs> so please be kind to yourself. Please be self-compassionate. It does start with you. Um, babies, actually, one of their messages, the strongest messages that they give parents is to please start loving yourself because that changes your energy. And I can communicate with you and be with you so much more when you are kind to yourself. So please. And it's that bridge. It's that that energy or that frequency, which is love, that when we're tapped into it as much as possible, especially that self-love, that not only allows us to communicate with babies and souls, but also with our angels, with our higher selves, with God's source, whatever you want to call that oneness, that energy. And it's just a nice reminder to know that yeah, a self-love has been coming up a lot lately for, yeah. for me, for other people, just as a reminder. So thank you for sharing that. It's important. Yeah. How can the people reach you? How would you like them to get in touch with you? Gosh, I'm all over the place. Obviously, social media. I don't frequent social media, though. So uh, you're better off emailing me directly, info at drmariarothenberger.com or just my website, drmariarothenberger.com. And I just launched a brand new free community because I don't love social media. Um, it's off social media. It's called the Miracles Happen Community. So you can just go to miracleshappencommunity.com and sign up for free there. I have free monthly Q&A and mini readings on there the first Friday of every month. And it's just a beautiful energy. There's lots of folks who are like-minded, right? So spiritual focused, but also fertility focused. Uh, come join us. Yeah good time amazing well thank you again for being on i appreciate it absolutely nicole thanks so much i appreciate you thank you for the work you're doing in the world thank you for listening to a psychic story be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode and join the conversation on instagram facebook or twitter all episodes are free on your favorite podcast player or at a psychicstory.com. have a question is there a topic you'd like to hear more about or have a suggestion for a future guest, send an email to contact at a psychicstory.com or leave a voicemail message at 1-800-880-1881. We'd love to hear from you and you may even be featured on a future episode. If you're interested in booking a session with me, you can do that directly on the website. And if you want to hear even more content hosted by yours truly, check out my other show, Supernatural Matters. Reminder that you are automatically entered to win either a free 20-minute intuitive or energy healing session with me if you leave five stars along with a positive review. Currently, reviews can be left on Apple, Stitcher, Podchaser, or CastBox podcast players. 
Don't forget to email contact at a psychicstory.com when you do, because it allows me to get in touch with you if your name is pulled in the drawing. Your name stays in until you win.